Welcome to Handcrafting Your Retirement with Brett Ramsey from Artisan Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we help retirees as well as those who are considering retirement overcome generic wealth management advice that limits your future. We do this by handcrafting customized financial strategies centered on your unique lifestyle. Jump on board for this journey where we delve into strategies that can help make your money outlast you as Brett draws from years of experience with guest experts to eliminate cookie cutter saving strategies. Hello and welcome to Handcrafting Your Retirement with your host, Brett Ramsey, where we talk about what you want in retirement and how to make it happen. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey, Brett, how are you? I'm well today, Wendy. Thank you for asking. Glad to hear it. Um, I was hoping for one of your nifty stories. Well, you know, I like to always connect with our listeners and, and talk about what I call real life things that happen to people. And so I've got a little story today that that I think um, will 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 it'll make more sense once we get to know our guests today, Julie and David. But have you ever been to a, a party and you're the new people in the party, mm-hmm. and everybody else kind of knows each other, and you don't really know people that well? So recently that happened to my wife and I, and it was one of those parties where they decided to play a game to let everybody get to know each other, and. Um, you know, most people that meet me think I'm pretty competitive and then they meet my wife and they're like, Brett, you're not competitive at all. So my wife and and wife hates to lose. And so we're playing a game. And unfortunately it was a game that, that clearly we had never played before. So we really didn't understand the rules and everybody else that was there had kind of played it before. And it was one of those get to know you games and everything. And, and I just kind of could tell my wife, you know, hates to lose and she doesn't like to look bad in front of new people. And so she was kind of getting anxious about it. And, you know, it kind of made the the evening and, and, and the thing kind of not the way we wanted it to be. And what I think happens is a lot of times to us as we get near retirement, it's kind of like going to that dinner party where you don't really know everybody and you're not super comfortable because you're kind of the new person to it, or you're the person that doesn't know all the rules to the game tonight. And I think really, as you think, uh, and we're going to get to know Julie and David, that's a little bit of their story as things have changed. They've kind of gotten to some new parties, some places they maybe didn't think they were going to go or be invited to, or things that have kind of done some different things. And and I really think that's a lot of people and how they feel as they start to get near retirement. And that's why I asked Julie and David to join us today is because they're kind of at that near point. They're not quite stepped over the line just yet. And uh, they've been planning for several years to get to this line and some things have changed. And so I think that's really not uncommon. And a lot of people feel that way, like they're the new folks at the dinner party and they don't quite fit in or they don't know the rules to the game. And 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 I think that they can, as, as our listeners hear this story, I think they're going to hear a lot of things that are probably similar to what's happening in their own lives. And, and I think just hearing from other people go through that really is going to help, you know, our listeners kind of kind of deal with their own fears and their own anxieties to know when they're not alone, that the, what they're going through, a lot of people go through at this stage of life. And, and I think Julie and David have, have faced this, some, some interesting, some challenges. They've handled it really, really well. And, and I can't wait for you guys to get to know them a little bit today. All right. Well, let's meet David and Julie. Why don't you introduce them for us, Brett? Well, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell us a little bit of their background. So let's start with with Julie. Just give us a little bit of you know your career background and kind of what you do for a living, and then, then we'll switch over to David. Okay. I, I'm an accountant, and I've been with my company for 33 years. 
And that's a very, very long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's been wonderful throughout the years. And, and I've been very happy there over the last few years. It's, it's made a lot of changes. So that's kind of right help, and, helped me along in, in this process. Right. And, and I think, you know, I mean, one is just, I, I grew up in an era when I first started working, I worked for a large company and people worked there like their whole careers. But now when we hear somebody working somewhere, one place for what was it? 33 years, you said, yes. right? Like, one that that's why I wanted her to be here today is because she's seen a lot of change in those times and as, as in in businesses change and the job changes and things like that. So she's going to be sharing a little bit about that with us a little bit later. And how about you, David? Let's just give a little bit about your professional background. Sure. Well, coming out of college, I, I uh, went to work at a brand new television station in Indianapolis that had been on the air less than a year, and that was what is now Channel Fifty Nine. Uh, before it was a Fox affiliate, it was WPDS, uh, and um, uh, started my working career there, uh, worked there for about eight years, and then moved uh, back to where I'd gone to school at Anderson University and uh, worked there in video production and teaching video production classes uh, in a production company for um, 26 years. Uh, my daughter went to school at, at Anderson University, and so I, I benefited from some of those benefits that you get as a faculty or staff member at, uh, at a university, a small Christian university in this case. And um, she was graduating, and an opportunity came to which I had had this opportunity presented as, a, as if I wanted to interview for a position at, at uh, the company where I now work. Uh, in years prior to that, and it, the timing just wasn't wasn't good. But at this point, the timing was pretty good, and I knew this was probably my last chance to make a change if I wanted to to make a change. So uh, I came to work at Innovative back at the very beginning of 2020. Uh, January 1 or January 2nd, 2020 was my first official uh, full-time day uh, on the job here, and um, I have been working here since that time. Right. So would you say it was 26 or 28 years? Yeah. 26 uh, years at, at Anderson university. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I think that's kind of fascinating. Uh, what we have here is some, some folks that have worked, uh, for long periods of time. And then one that's gone through some company changes and one that's gone through a little bit of a career change, what I call kind of later in the game than some people sometimes are comfortable with, but and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And you also mentioned your family. So just tell me a little bit about your family structure and, and kind of maybe your parents, your kids, and just kind of a little bit about how you're set up. Sure. Well, I've got, we've got, um, twin boys who are 39 years old now. I'm unbelievable. Uh, they're, they're from a, uh, one of my, from my prior marriage. Um, but, um, uh, there are kids <laughs> and, uh, Chris, who lives in Anderson, he's got uh, two two children. We've got a granddaughter who's 16 years old, and we've got a grandson who is coming up on two years old. So um, uh, that's good. My dad uh, lives in Anderson as well. Um, he is nine. He'll be 92 this year in October. Um, and uh, our daughter Allison is. Uh, in her upper twenties, and she's a nurse in uh, Indianapolis, and and uh, we've got her 
dog at our house right now, uh, actually, as she's trying to sleep after a shift last night. So. <laughs> and Julia, how about a little bit about your family structure? My, I, I lost my, I've lost both of my parents now. Um, over the last, my dad's now gone five years and my mom just this past December. So I've, I've lost them and we are, as David said, we we're empty nesters, except when we're babysitting the dog. So <laughs> that's, that that's kind of our life. So, well, well, and I know that the family structure is, is important and, and we're going to talk about a little bit about that, uh, of how it impacts some of our decisions, right. Around our own retirement. Right. So we're, we'll, we'll get to that in just a little bit, but let's just go through the history real quick of, so kind of how we met. So, um, maybe you can share with our listeners, like the first time we met kind of where we were and why you decided to, to, to come to that class. Sure. I think we were over at an Ivy Tech uh, campus over uh, by um, uh, Fort Bend, if I re- if I remember right. Yeah. And uh, Julie and I were to that point where we'd both been contributing to our 401k or 403b k or whatever whatever the plans are, all the different numbers, <laughs> um, working in not for profits. Um, and so we had contributed to those faithfully for golly, I've been giving since my first job. So. Uh, since 1985, I've been putting into a uh, retirement retirement plan, um, and she'd been doing so so as well. So we've been we had been pretty much all in in the market and and putting things in and letting it roll and and not not biting our fingernails too hard when the market went down because we knew we had time, but we were getting to that point that. Um, we knew that time was coming that uh, we would, we needed to start thinking about changing the way that we were doing things and looking at what was going to happen after we decide to retire and trying to figure out how to decide when to retire. So that's why we went to that class and, um, uh, and, and um, uh, got some really good information and started to do some things on our own, but uh, realized that um you know, seeking a financial, the help of a financial planner was probably in our best interest. I I was to the point where I, I thought we were okay, but I wanted, I wanted some confirmation that we were doing the right things. Right. And, and I, I think that's a really important phrase that, that you're saying there, Julie, is I use a slightly different word. I talk about confidence, right? So you're getting here and we're, we're kind of in that home stretch. We've talked about kind of picking the, the actual retirement date uh, to occur. And so one of the things that we want to um, think about is helping our, our clients kind of get that confidence. So um, what are the key things that you're both kind of looking at and thinking about that are helping you feel more confident that that now is almost the time to retire. I know that we're maybe, you know, six months to a year away from that process. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead, honey? Well, with, with all the, all the changes that, that my company has gone through and that, that I'm experiencing at work, it, it just, it, it, it feels like the right time to make that, to make that shift. And I guess, I guess COVID kind of prepared me for that. It's, 
I I've enjoyed my my job through throughout the years, but the last few, it, like I said, it had been a little bit rough. But as far as the the separation from from the job, I think the whole COVID experience has has kind of helped that. I I know what it's like to be away from the job and and kind of isolated to those connections I had at work. So in that regard, I feel like I'm ready. And the other thing is I just I feel like um we we've we've gone through changes in our family as well. Like I said, I've lost my parents now and um you you that that lets you think more about maybe things that that you would rather be doing with your time and and the life that you have left versus just continuing with it continuing right. on in in that cycle so those yeah. those have been things that i think I've, i think we've struggled with the whole work uh life balance in terms of of um that that's been work has been more consuming, especially since we've been up empty nest nesters. Mm. Um, and we're, um, I think ready to focus on some other things that we would enjoy doing that we don't want to miss out on a chance to do. Um, I think the one thing that scares us at, you know, looking at retiring somewhere around 62 is the whole health insurance issue. And we've talked through that um, together a little bit about that. We've looked, we're still looking into, you know, the options that, that will help us to get over the hump and say, yeah, we can do this and, and get those things figured out. But right. You've done a good job of, of showing us numbers and showing us future, what the future can look like financially. Um, and so I think you've got us convinced that we can do this <laughs> but it's still you know you put in and you put in and you put in and you watch this grow to a certain number or whatever you could keep looking for that certain number right and then you have a bad day in the market and it does this and then and it's yeah. you know it's 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 those things that that um uh that i think we 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 are confident enough that that we can we know that we can do this and and we can structure and adjust our lifestyle. We've done that before. And, and um, uh, so that we can make it in, in that retirement time. But um, uh, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's still a little bit nerve wracking to think about, you know, <laughs> watching those balances uh, not, not always go the way that you've been watching them go. So, but the other, the other thing that, the other thing that, um, that on, just from helping my being more involved with my dad recently here and looking at his finances. Now he's in a totally different situation. Uh, school teacher, 35 years, same district pension at that time also had invested uh, during him. My mom had invested during those times and put stuff into 401k plans. And he's obviously in the RMD stage now. And so looking at, the amount he can easily live on his pension and his social security, but now he's being forced to take these larger amounts out. And so just thinking more about the planning that we need to do and work with you on, on, um, on things for the future as we get to those later stages. 
Yeah. Now you guys have faced uh, what I call some of the the items that head on, right? So Julie, I think, uh, faced uh, and, and dealt with like, hey, it's not uncommon now that we have to, for lack of a better term, get retrained or change a little bit of our job content, or there's a new software, or there's a new way to do the the job. And and sometimes that goes smoothly and we still love it. And other days it's like, man, I don't know if I want to go through all that and learn all that stuff uh, again at this stage of my career. And it, it can be daunting. And, and we see that a lot because, you know, companies are changing. The technology that we use to do our job is changing. And and David, you know, is, is seen a little bit of that change as well and, and made a, a late, late career change. But I think there was a key element in there that, that I really think that your current family situations have highlighted and, and Julie touched on it is what do we want to do with our time? So one of the questions that I always ask my clients is, all right, so you're working and David even mentioned like, we're working a lot now. Cause I like, man, I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm in it. I'm on, you know, I'm an empty nester. I don't have some of the same things pulling me back home. And so sometimes people I'm asked, well, how much do you work? Uh, oh, 40 hours a week, 50 hours a week, whatever that number is. And I go, okay, what would you do with that time tomorrow if you weren't working? And I know we've talked about that and you guys have been chewing on that. And that was a little bit of your homework assignment after our last meeting. So this is one of those where like, uh, I'm like the listener at home, I'm going to sit back and listen. So what are we going to do with that time when we stop working? Well, I think we're going to spend more time with our new, the little grandson. We enjoy that very much. He's going to be to the end of October and he's a busy little fellow and we are we really enjoy the time that we have him now and and looking forward to doing some things with him and and sharing some of those times our last thing was trip to the zoo that that's the best seeing seeing the zoo through through a little one's eyes and the and the animals and 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 all of that and we wanted we want to be available to do that we want to be there to help out our kids. They need us. They're they're adults and and self sufficient, but they will always be our kids. And when you get that call, hey, can you help me out? We're going to be there for them. Um, something I I struggled a little bit with. I've I've lost my parents, and I I second guess myself now. You know I. Maybe I, maybe I should have spent more time. Mm. So that's also a consideration. So, yeah, yeah. but I think we, there... I, I think we've got uh, projects around the house too. I know Julia has always talked about that, that she's, she said, I'm a little bit more worried for me than I am for her because she, she's, she's, she feels like she'll have no, no problem at all. I, I'm kind of concerned whether I'll have an issue or not, but, um, uh, but uh, I know Julie's got all the, all of the things that we put away from when our daughter was young that are in envelopes and boxes that, that we've never done the baby book and the, the other thing. Yeah. I'd like like to finish that baby book. (laughs) Finish the projects that started long ago. Right. That's right. Yes. That's right. We've got things around the house that we want to do. I would like to golf. I'm, I haven't golfed yet this year. I've got to go Saturday uh, for a neighborhood outing and that's going to be embarrassing. Um, but, um, but I'd like to golf a little bit more and uh, do some other things. We bought pickleball set a year, year and a half ago, and we haven't been out to play pickleball on our neighborhood court yet. I'm looking forward to joining the ladies in the neighborhood. 
Yeah. With some pickleball. Yeah. I'd like to make, I'd like to make some more connections within our neighbors, within church and things like that, just for, for those social activities. I think that's, that's one thing. And women seem to do that better than men do. You know, I I've watched that with my dad and with my mom when she was alive. Uh, once my mom passed, it was really hard for my dad because it was, my mom was a social connection for mm-hmm. a lot of folks. So, you know, just trying to, um, trying to make some of those, um, uh, social connections that we've just really all of our social connections it seemed were through our daughter and her involvement in high school sports or middle school sports and things like that and then when that ends you still keep in touch a little bit but it's not the same and you lose uh, some of that so you know work connections and um, and uh, I think we'll we'll you know, we we both have friends uh, that we've worked with over the years that we still keep in touch with and we'll keep in touch with after after yeah. we're done. We just might have time to do some things socially that we don't have time to do now. Well, I'm, I'm ready for the pickleball and the golf to begin. And, uh, and but I, I think your story there is the is a very similar story to some of our other clients, right? As we have uh, our kids now have their kids. So we're grandparents. And so we're wanting to be with family. And Julie, you hit on something that I think shouldn't be like skipped by that I think so many of us feel either, and I hate using the word regret or remorse, but we we feel like maybe we missed some things, right? Because we prioritized yeah. work or we we prioritized that over the relationship at times. And, and I know I'm personally guilty of that. It's, uh, and, and David kind of hinted at that also is that that ha- has a tendency to be a more male frequent answer, right? When I ask this question is that we're not as relational as a general rule. I hate to overgeneralize, but that that is consistent. And the way David said that is is very accurate with what we see in our practice is that it seems to be harder for men to have relationships after they get done working. Some of them are very good at it and some, uh, you know, find those social connections and those relationships and others struggle with it because their connections were either through their spouse or they were through their other family members like their kids. Right. So uh, I can't tell you how many relationships there were because I was coaching a ball team or because my girls were involved in something that that I don't have those relationships now because I don't see those people that way anymore. And so uh, I know that that you're, you're definitely going to be figuring that out. And I know you've been working on your health as well to be able to be active and to be able to do those things. And you both look wonderful. Like I said, it's been a a little bit since I've seen you and you're continuing to do great. So I want to continue to, to just give people, you know, one of our big themes is health, right? If we want to do these things at these different stages of our lives, we have to be able to do that. So we have to take care of ourselves. And I kind of want to transition here because taking care of not only ourselves, but taking care of others is, is, kind of the generation you're in, right? Is that we are, we're launched our kids and we now have grandkids potentially, but in some cases our parents or, or are still a part of our, our equation and we're starting to have to care for them. And, and I really want to bring out two different pieces of the, of the, of your story. Cause I think it, it, it captures two parts. One is, is David, I know you've been dealing with your, your father's aging. And then Julie, I want to talk a little bit about the estate component of your mother passing and just how, you know, dealing with other family members. So first, First, um, I, I want to start with with David's story because right now I think a lot of our clients and listeners are starting to really handle what happens as our parents age and we have to kind of step up our level of care for them. So, so David, maybe you can just kind of tell a little bit about your dad's situation and kind of how you've kind of had to step up your game a little bit to support him. 
Yeah, my dad, um, my mom and dad, I grew up in Michigan and my mom and dad um, taught in Michigan. And uh, when they retired, um, my sons were young and in, in Anderson, Indiana. So uh, they had both gone to Anderson College at the time. So they had lots of friends in Anderson. So and dad grew up in Anderson. So uh, they built a condo. Um, they were thinking ahead when they built the condo. They they built it basically ADA accessible with large doors for the bathrooms and, and things like that so that they could maneuver through there. And my dad's lived there. Uh, my mom passed away about nine years ago, um, but my dad's lived there by himself since then. And that's been a good situation. It's gotten a little bit more challenging the last year or two um, as he's gotten um, into become 90 years old. And this last year he suffered some um uh, some issues that ended up putting him in a nursing home for rehab uh, initially. Uh, and he had, he was in for some, some therapy and got to a point that he had decided that he was ready to go home. And uh, even before he got home, he pretty much decided that he was wrong and he wasn't quite ready to go home. So um, we had a, a bit of a struggle for a, a couple of weeks before we could find a place um, where he would feel more comfortable. He moved in with us, which is hard because we don't have a first floor bedroom. We don't have a full bathroom on the first floor. And so, you know, we, we figured something out and, and got something going and, and he stayed with us for a week or two, adjusted work schedules. Everybody at work was very understanding. Finally got him into a place that, um, that was in Anderson that he, where his friends were, where his church was, he could still get a ride to church and, and do those things. But um, uh, we continue to work through that. He's got a, a condo that needs some work on it. So he's still, you know, we're still looking at, is there a, is there an option to get him home health care so that he can move back where he's more comfortable and, and feels more at home and just bring the, um, help into the house instead of having him at a facility. Right. Um, those are things that we're still working through and working together. And it's a, you know, there are days that it's a struggle. Um, he's not as happy as I'd like to see him be, but, um, but he understands too. So. Yeah. And just the, the love, I mean, right there in that story, just uh, hard maybe to explain sometimes that someone who's not gone through it just, um, the time demand on, on you, right. To, to work through that, maybe just share just a little bit. I mean, like, uh, now, uh, how much time, and I know a typical is not an easy way to say, but like during a week, do you, you spend supporting your dad? Yeah, I, it, 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 I wish I had more time to spend supporting him quite mm -hmm. frankly. Um, but yeah, it's every every night, of course, we're on the phone and talking through things. And even if it's just checking in, but then it's, you know, um, taking the trip over to Anderson to get the mail. We were still got mail going to his condo and then going through that mail with him each week, going through the most he's been savvy enough to set up auto pay on most of his bills. So most of those are taken care of, but watching the finances, because now we're paying a, um, paying an assisted living uh, fee uh, monthly. And so making those adjustments and those transfers, um, he does have long-term uh, health insurance, which we've not tapped into yet. And I have come to find out that dealing with that is going to be a full-time job because they don't want to pay. 
Right. And, um, and uh, it's going to be jumping through a lot of hoops to, um, to do that. And he's paying a substantial amount every year and has paid in. And when we looked at what the actual lifetime benefit was, his comment was, well, I've probably paid that much into it. And you're telling me there's this cap on, on what I can take. And I said, yeah, here's what the cap is. So, so working through that, but. Yeah. And, and, and that's just, a, and I think the key word there is work, right? There's a lot involved, right? In yeah. caring for, for a loved one uh, yeah. at, at any stage, but certainly it's a new challenge. And then, and Julian, I know it, it's still pretty, pretty fresh and I, and I don't want to uh, open up a, a lot of, of, difficult things for you, but maybe just share a little bit. I know the process that you're, you've had to go through to kind of deal with what I call the settlement of an estate and, and some of the related family members and, and not saying that it's gone poorly, but it's not been necessarily just easy either. There's a lot involved. Maybe you could tell that story a little bit. There, there is a lot involved. And, and what I will say about David's situation and my situation, a big difference is David is an only child. So all of the responsibility has been on his shoulders. Mm. I have an older brother and an older sister. I, I'm the little trailer in the family. So, but I I just want to say that that's a hard time taking care of, of your parents and, and wanting to do the very best for them. But it really helps out when you have siblings to share, right. to share that. As as far as as the the settling, I I know, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this this little story that my that my sister and I have had. My my brother had been pretty hands off with mom and dad. He he was there if they needed him, but but pretty hands off. They were in touch and and that. But so sh- between Cheryl and I, Cheryl was sick care and I was well care. And he, I, I, I did more of of the things for them. She did more of the doctors and the doctor appointments and and those things. And she was at a she was at a place that it was better or easier for her to do that because she had already retired, and I was still working. So that that was very helpful. And then at the end. The three of us were left to to settle things. One the one of the last things my dad said to me was, "You need to make sure you all get along." And that that's that's key, right? So the the three of us have have been able to to do that, and I think we've all worked in that for that. In addition to just my mom and dad's things, there's a family farm involved and that involves my dad. It it was between my dad and his brother and grandma and grandpa set, set up a trust years and years ago. I remember, I think I had just started college and I remember grandma and grandpa stopping by and him saying to me, I took care of you today. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's always been that the farm was for the five grandkids. Right. It was for my dad and my uncle. 
And when they were gone, it was to go to the grandkids. Right. And that that's what, excuse me, that's what it's done. The responsibility of the trust has fallen on my brother. He's the executor or that I, I think that's the right term. Yeah. Or the trustee right the, now. The, yeah. he, the trustee. He was the trustee. So I think his his dealings with my sister and I were very easy. At times, my two cousins, it was a little more difficult. Yeah. But um we've we've made made it through and um we we're looking looking at it it isn't a trust and there are five of us. But we're all aging out. We're we're getting to that point where maybe maybe this isn't going to be great going on, and and we've come to the decision to sell, and mm-hmm. so that that's what we're going to do. So, yeah. and and that you know we've my brother's done a good job keeping everybody up to up to speed on what's going on and. And where we where we all stand, and he got us all together and sat us down and said, "I want to go around to each of you and and you say, "Are you in favor of this? You know, selling?" And um, that's what we did. And we're moving in that direction, and everybody feels good about it. So, yeah, I think the way that that our brothers handled that is in terms of um, uh, you know, he copies documents for everybody and lets everybody see those. And he's, you know, calls a family meeting and everyone comes together and husbands are invited as well. Spouses are invited and, um, you know, he wants to hear everybody's input and it truly has been a collaborative, a collaborative effort. So, yeah. Well, Hey, I, I really appreciate you guys telling so much of your story today and, and, you know, I started this with maybe a, a, a story that didn't make sense, right? Like coming to a party where we don't maybe know everybody or we don't know the rules to the game. And I think you guys are living what I call not knowing the rules to the retirement game because it's changed quite a bit since just we met a few years ago, right? We've had job changes. We've had family dynamic changes. We're supporting loved ones. There's, you know, trusts and family farms and things of this nature to deal with that we didn't think we were going to have to deal with. And, and that story I think is the most common story actually, right. Is that most people are, are getting to this stage of life and you guys are kind of in the middle, uh, launching kids, uh, launching, uh, getting grandkids and still dealing with, uh, with your aging parents and, and the family situation. So I just thank you for telling your story and Hopefully you're uh, getting more and more confident about your retirement. So thank you for being on today with us and and talking uh, through your situation. Thank you. Thanks. So Brett, how can people get in touch with you if they have some questions? Well, you know, I love that interweb place, you know, so they can come out and meet us at, at, at the World Wide Web and, and visit us at artisanwealthstrategies.com. From there, you can have access to my calendar and my phone number and my email find us there and, and, and let's talk because I can't help you. If I don't know you, I'd like to know you. Well, thank you all of you. And thank you for joining us today. Please like follow and share this podcast until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to handcrafting your retirement. Visit our website at www.artisanwealthstrategies.com. 
or give us a call at 317-660-2855. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Artisan Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.